I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is really I'm just sad. Really Dude, that's pretty good. This is Big Bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Pack. Exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. All right, so uh, this episode of The Gloom, we've got a, a freshly shaven Pony Express. looks terrible. Uh, and uh, we also have a special guest, and I'm, I'm really excited to get a chance to talk to this guy. He's been in F3 for, for a long time, um, and last year stepped up to lead, uh, take over the shovel flag at Titan Alley, and has just done a, con a, a great job of keeping those guys motivated and keeping them engaged. and um, you know, supporting the expansion and the Sarpy swagger uh, in that area. So I, I would love to introduce our man, uh, Lucky Charms. Uh, Lucky, I you know, I won't ask you to use an Irish accent this whole time, but um, excited to kind of partner your episode with the uh, upcoming St. Patrick's Day holiday. But anyway, all of that to, to just say welcome, man. And um, why don't you give us the backstory? Tell us uh, when that first workout was. I think it was over two and a half, three years ago, but um, tell us about it and, and how'd you get the name Lucky Charms? Yeah, first of all, I'll say, uh, you know, long time listener, first time caller. So thanks for having me on, guys. I think I've listened to every single episode uh, and it ranges from uh, times where I'm like, oh, dang, I learned something to other times I'm just laughing along with you guys. So thanks. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Um, and I have tried to do an entire queue with a Irish accent. I think Tater Tot remembers it best i made it like eight minutes of counting trying to do uh, an irish brogue and i don't even know it was like slipping into you know accents from around the world it, it was getting brutal so i had to bail on it uh but i had i had a whole workout plan that i was going to try to use the irish accent and it never took so uh, i have uh, after that big failure I, I won't do it again but uh yeah, so I started in F3 May, uh, uh, yeah, so it'll be three years this May, um, and I had seen Nodos and Safe Ride post a bunch of stupid videos and crazy things on Twitter, and so I think I went out to the website, saw there's a bunch of workouts, and I think I just like filled out like the contact form, like, hey, I want to learn more, so I shot a note, and uh, yeah, from there, I got a quick response. Hey, do you want to come out to a Saturday workout? Or we got a Monday Murph. And then I think I was texting Safe Ride or No Dose, something like that. And like, yeah, just do Tuesday, bring a pair of gloves. And so I, I showed up and got my butt absolutely kicked by bubbles on the queue. It was still probably one of the most brutal workouts. We were doing blockies. We were doing Merkins on the block and then sprinting. And you had to like total, uh, like a hundred of each exercise before you could go on to the next one. And I bet, I think of blockies, I think I did three of the hundred and I was partnered with Nodo. So he had to do 97 blockies during that workout. And it's like, and I was still breathing harder than him, which was really humiliating, but, uh, it was kind of the ass kicking I need. I took 
three days off, I think, before I posted again because I was so sore and exhausted and beat up. But, uh, but yeah, so that's how I got started and then got the name Lucky Charms from, uh, you know, again, named Patrick Burke. So it's kind of hard to hide the Irishness, but uh, also in an Irish band with uh, my dad, my brother, and a couple other family friends. What's the, for our listeners, what's the name of that band, just so we can kind of search you on the web? Shenanigans. So if you go to shenaniganzomaha.com, you'll see we're playing on March 17th, baby. That's awesome, man. Uh, you know, where were you kind of at, I guess, at, at that point in your life in, in terms of your fitness journey? Because, um, you know, the first one, you always go, you're going for the workout, right? Um, I guess most people do. Um, where were you at at that point in your life? Oh, man, I was, I was probably as out of shape as I've ever been. Uh, through college and everything, you know, I was doing like P90X and I was going to the gym and I was playing basketball leagues and I was just active. I was always doing something. And then uh, it was, we had had our first kid just at doing nothing. I mean, there was no gym. I was, I was brutally out of shape. Uh, I think I got up to like 200 pounds. And at five, like eight, that's not a great number to be to be rocking. And that is the heaviest I've ever been. So I was like, all right, I got to make some changes. And when I saw something that said free and, uh, you know, in May, it, that wasn't a daunting uh, task to be outside. So I thought I'd give it a try. And here I am two and a half, almost three years later. You know, when you came into that first workout, I guess, um, you know, a couple things, I guess, was the... Um, and who knew we had a contact form on the website? So thanks for calling that out. But was that, um, did you have like buddies, like when you showed up, were there guys you knew or um, tell me about that piece? Was it easy to engage or how did that go for you? Really, it was just Safe Ride uh, and No Dose. So they both went out of their way. I don't think No Dose posted a ton on Tuesdays at the time, but he was like, all right, I'll, I'll move some things around and I'll get out there. So that was you know, so I show up and I'm pretty sure they both like pre-ran or rucked or something. So they like already had done a workout and I show up and they're like ready to go. And I was like, oh man, I'm still waking up. This is brutal. Um, but yeah, so it was nice to kind of have some familiar faces and then getting partnered with Nodos kind of made it, uh, you know, an easy transition because all of a sudden it's somebody I know who's helped, you know, picking me up, encouraging me. Uh, I mean, I think literally picking me up at one point off the ground. So that was, uh, it, it made the first workout uh, what I remember most, though, is that despite how embarrassed I was by how out of shape I was, where I was like, man, these guys are going to think that I've never been able to, you know, chew gum and walk at the same time with how just out of shape, how brutally uncoordinated I am. And then, but like, all I heard was like positive feedback. You know, I'm getting fist bumps, high fives, you know, everything. People thanking me for coming out, saying, hey, what an awesome job you did. That was that workout sucked. I can't believe you stuck through it and, you know, didn't leave us. Thanks for hanging around. And I was like, man, I, I can't believe how positive they are. What, what the hell's wrong with these people? It's 6.15 in the morning. I almost threw up three times. Just let me go kind of like silently pass out in the park. And they just picked me up and made me, it kind of just felt like home right from the jump. Yeah, I love to hear that. I, um, I haven't always been the best at, uh, being positive, uh, just in general, let alone at workouts. Um, but, uh, you know, as you came into the group, I, I want to get your thoughts on, um, you know, maybe some 
some other like favorite moments or just things that you've seen over time? Because you you know three years is a significant amount of time, so you would even have some pre-COVID uh, kind of interaction with with F three. Um, so just kind of curious, any any other like memories or fun times um, stick out here, or things that maybe we've continued to do over time that have uh, made things good for you, for your engagement? I man, I, my some of my favorite times and times where it always seems to happen when I'm like going through something right where I think it's too big or people don't want to hear about it or whatever, and I kind of just get in my own head. And then there's somebody hits a cot that's like, man, I've been struggling with something right i don't want to put anybody on blast on it but there's one that was that summer and fall i think as somebody was going through uh, some family things and they were sharing the cot and giving updates i was like oh my god dude people are trusting me with this information that i probably wasn't if i was going through that i don't even think my you know friends from high school college were going to be would know about it right so the openness the sharing the trust all of those things that that's what really grabbed me right when I and stuck out. There's still a couple COTs where I remember, you know, choking back tears and, you know, going up and just like hugging somebody after they shared it. Cause I was like, man, I think they just need, a, you know, the best I can do is a hug. I have nothing else I can give. So those are still, there's a handful of COTs that, you know, again, trying to respect the COT in itself and not share what outside but those are those are the coolest moments even like you know above a like a snowy run or you know some of those cool workouts a rainy day whatever and then the, you know or sprinklers on in stinson park right in the middle of us doing mary those are all cool but man those cot's when somebody shares something that really hits and really means something to them those always are like okay hey i gotta get out of my own head i gotta share some things i got to do better so those are the the memories that stick out the most well and you're you're touching on a concept that we talk about often right how hard it is for you guys to get vulnerable and how it is so unique that new guys will come in and see a group of guys and i think that can be somewhat discouraging for the new guys um or intimidating maybe is a better word you have a, a group of guys you're coming in they're all being open with each other you got to think man, these guys must all be best friends and know each other. Um, I could see where it'd be a little bit discouraging for them, maybe, or intimidating. Um, I think it should be. I mean, and I had gone through, I went through a really uh, tough mental battle after my son was born, where I was kind of in, you know, now looking back in it, where it was like a depression, really, where I, I, you know, I kind of felt helpless and I wasn't, you know, I really, I was good for nothing except like, hey, I'll help do some stuff around the house. But like, the, it, I wasn't the one that was needed. I think there was some ego involved there, and there was a lot of things. And I hadn't, you know, I had no idea where to go to, you know, besides my wife, right? And I think in life, you need, you know, you don't want to just burden your your M, your spouse, whoever in your circle. It just, you know, I think you need an outlet for how to share. And so when people you know, came up and were sharing super personal things. It's like, oh my God, they seem happier than I am. And they're sharing all these things that are just, I mean, awful things that I I wouldn't, I haven't had to go through, right? They're sharing stories of addiction or, uh, you know, uh, miscarriages and, or battles with fertility. I mean, all these things were like, oh my God, that is so much worse than what I am going on. And they are just openly sharing it. And that really helped me open up quite a bit. 
So did you feel like that you were able to, I mean, kind of dive in and get vulnerable pretty early on? Or was this kind of a gradual thing? The more, the longer you were there, the more you were exposed to the COT, the more comfortable you got. Oh, no, I was still just, I was too scared to open up. I was just trying to not die during the workouts. Uh, and I think there's one workout where, uh, I can't remember who it was, but like we started with 100 burpees right out the gate at Stinson. And I was like, I, listen, I can't be vulnerable until I can catch my breath. Like I couldn't have shared at the end of 30 minutes or 45 minutes, even if I wanted to, I would have, I was just panting all the time. Awesome. I, I, uh, I, it probably, it was definitely not one of my workouts cause I would never start a workout that way. That just seems rude. Um, but I do, I do want to ask a little bit about, um, maybe the impact of fellowship, like did coffee or as over time building relationships with guys have an impact on your willingness to be vulnerable or kind of build that trust to say, Hey, maybe I could share some of my stuff too. Or how did the second F play into that? Yeah, I did a couple of the, uh, the Friday lunches, I was doing a couple coffees. At the time, my schedule was a little bit easier to accommodate for some of those things. And so a lot of times just where I was living, I was going to the Starbucks uh, cafeteria um, off 72nd and Poppleton there. And so it was there where, you know, getting a chat with, uh, you know, with you guys, with Folsom, Ponzi, uh, you know, Tater Top Bubbles, a lot of those guys who were there khakis uh you know again that's a guy that helped you know through the second half me realize hey that the vulnerability you know that somehow there's some power in being vulnerable there and you know telling their stories and just getting to know who the hell all these dudes are and that at the end of the day they weren't best friends like ponzi said you know they were just sharing these things because that's that's what f3 does and you know there there's people asking hey so what do you do and i'm like you were just hugging that dude like 10 minutes ago and you don't even know what he does for a job. I was like, man, this is this is pretty cool. So those definitely helped me understand that, hey, yeah, we we work out, but it's really an excuse to then be able to go share and chat and kind of hang out after. So the cafeterias were great. Yeah, I, it's interesting because I, in my experience, the um, cafeteria like adds another opportunity just to like check in with with guys and what you're mentioning about having kids and the disruption that causes i think to an entire family but also to men um that's relatable i you know like even you know we're, we just had our second kid um and like it's almost like i went through it again but to have other guys that have you know you got like cataracts and splinter cell with like 10 kids and so you're kind of like well I think we'll be all right with two, um, but let me ask this guy that's got, you know, an army of children, how they're doing. And, um, you know, the funny thing for me is both of those guys had their ninth kid right when we had our second. So I was kind of like, well, I don't want to complain about my scenario. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good, I, you know, I got one to name Splinter. Uh, so both times, um, but uh, but he was actually a guy that I was probably, you know, scared to talk about, you know, some of these things with after my first kid, and I was still kind of trying to figure out how, you know, I kind of prioritize that mental health side of myself as well, and so I mentioned it to him, I think, during one of the, during a Smurf, and he goes, oh, man, yeah, hey, I've, you know, I've gone through that, and I'm like, you've gone through that, and you're, 
you know, you're pregnant with eight, you know, like, holy cow, what the heck is, you know, oh, maybe I don't need to worry about it. Maybe it's something that, you know, I can get through and, you know, this is going to help me. So it's definitely, those are a couple guys too that, you know, it's, it is bizarre though within F3 that you get intimidated by something or somebody and then you share something and it's immediate feedback and support as opposed to, you know, what you, you, you build up in your head is, hey, they're going to think less of me or I'm going to seem weaker or something like that. Sure, man. Any, uh, I know you've got baby number two on the way. Are you any nerves there or you, you feel like you're ready to go? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure there's nerves. you kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I think it's, it, I actually started going to, the last couple months I've been going to therapy just to kind of help me make sure that mentally I'm strong enough and prepared enough um, to handle whatever comes my way, right? Like, and I already scheduled a like post baby couple weeks after, go in, be able to just chat, share. Um, and you know, again, it, I think that's been one of my biggest things with F3 is it's kind of taught me how and when it's appropriate to prioritize myself. I, I think it's easy to get worn down by looking for you know being an answer to somebody so that's been that's probably the biggest thing that f3 has gotten me to i want to dive in a little bit thanks for sharing that i don't know if you recognize your own vulnerability there just um a lot of guys would even you know hesitate to share their talking to somebody uh which which is um just our culture has you know totally stigmatized that so i love that you shared that i i'll confess too that i um see one one therapist and I may start seeing honey badger after we interviewed him but um I I do I do want to ask a little bit about how do you see the connection between um faith like the faith component and kind of this mental battle or men mental health uh, wellness thing is there a relation there for you or how's how is faith and mental health um developed for you over the last couple of years yeah I guess uh you know in on the faith side I guess you know I was raised uh Catholic you know, so coming up my whole life, I think there was, you know, to be honest, I think there's almost like a little stigma of, um, you know, putting other people first kind of all the time. And like, that's where you find answers, you know, and again, that's probably my misinterpretation of what other smarter people were attempting to teach me <laughs> through, through these scriptures, through these readings, through school. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, uh, I think the tie in there is that, you know, when you realize that there's something bigger than yourself. Now, I will say that, you know, as far as practicing, I'm not necessarily practicing in any uh, one religion, but what F3 has taught me to go is to find uh, answers and be open to other things. And so, like, my, one of my F3 goals this year is that every time I queue, I'm going to share a reading or a scripture or a teaching from a religion or a belief system that's not associated with anything I've been around growing up so that it makes me a little bit more well-rounded. It makes me find commonality between people who I probably have some sort of preconceived notion about. And so what I've been trying to do is uh, use kind of that faith component of F3 to break down potential barriers that, you know, are imaginary between me and you know, whether it's other men in F3 or just other people in our community where how can I be more open to whoever walks into that park or that stadium or wherever we're at that day 
how can I be more open and be available to talk with them, to meet them, in, you know, in some sort of middle. And I think that's a, that's a key piece is if you don't believe that there's something bigger around or within all of us, then I don't think you can be selfless. Um, that, you know, I think, again, needs to happen if you're going to, you know, try to help other people. And a big component of that is, realizing that you don't have answers, but you could still help people along the way by being open. Man, I, I want to commend you for doing that. Um, so recognizing that, I mean, guys in general are like people, it's our nature to kind of group together, right? Clegg and I have been taking some time looking at the minivan Centurion lately and uh, Dredd goes in and talks about, okay, uh, that is human nature to almost assemble these tribes of like people. And so you're recognizing that thing, hey, you know, I am, this is my faith or this is how I was raised and I tend to gravitate toward this type of thinking or these groups of people. And taking the extra step to say, well, I'm gonna challenge myself this year to break down some of these barriers and be more inclusive and I guess put myself out there to meet other perspectives or meet other people, I, I love that. Um, you know. But you kind of are in a in a unique situation where uh, you actually are one of the few that have a brother in, in F3 as well. Um, and so I kind of want to ask you about how you got him involved as well and how that dynamic works. Um, and I guess how you guys kind of help each other uh, break down those barriers and help progress in that faith aspect. Yeah, so for the record, I like to give myself like a dotted line on the uh, the tree of, uh, you know, who got uh, Gobbler out. But I, you know, I've been doing F3 for maybe, it's probably about a year. And I had talked to him a couple times about coming out. Is it, you know, what do you want to do it? And it came to a point where I was going to go on a golf trip with a bunch of F3 guys and then had to back out and uh, Huffy who had started F3 was in the fraternity with Gobbler and said, hey, do you think your brother would go? And I go, oh yeah, go golf the West for sure. He'd be on board, give him a call. He'd be, he'd be down. And so he went and then ended up posting for the first time on this like golf trip with F3. So I don't get the, uh, I don't get the EH credit, but I like to think that I, you know, set him up for uh, taking that call. Um, so I'd like to give myself a dotted line there, uh, unofficially, but, uh, no, man, it's been, it's been so cool having my brother not only be part of F3, but kind of see him really lean in. I think he lost like 60 pounds in six months or something like that to the point where he wasn't, I mean, he was like half the dude he was when I was EHing him. And so watching him kind of just like lean in, um, just buy in and now he you know he started his uh, his own location down in sarpy um the danger zone so that was awesome i mean even like working on the logo for the danger zone with him was uh, absolute blast and it's if nothing else it's like another reason to that we get to like hang out without kids screaming in the background without you know uh it's just kind of us that get to chat hang out see each other a couple times a week i love it that's good. And don't discredit yourself. You're half the man you were when you started. Too, so. <laughs> there's, there's a lot to say about that. Although, although I can catch myself, uh, I've been, I've been slipping in my, in the number of posts. And so I looked in the mirror the other day and I was like, Oh, 
dang, I gotta, I gotta push a couple, a couple more posts a week here before the baby comes. Was that before or after we killed a couple cheeseburgers at Tap House? <laughs> <laughs> that may have been a contributing factor. It could have been the beers I had right with Feeny too. Uh, <laughs> that you know, kind of EHM in the site queue. Uh, that may have been uh, a contributing factor as well. That's awesome. Well, you know, you've kind of got to see, and you just talked about Gobbler being able to experience a leadership role, and, and how special that was for you to be able to see that. I, I kind of want to focus on your leadership, though. Um, you, you know, you leaned in and you, you did take a leadership role. What was it that kind of got you to that point or made you realize, hey, I'm ready for this, or hey, this is what I want? Uh, you know, I probably didn't even recognize that it's what I wanted. Um, I was uh, in the process of moving kind of from uh, kind of this midtown Omaha, moving down to Papillion. And uh, JC reached out uh, and he had started Titan Alley and was looking to kind of pass the shovel flag uh, pretty quickly. And, it, <laughs> and it, you know, it wasn't at first, I was like, man, I don't even think I'm the right guy. Yeah, everybody's talking about Sarpy Swagger. I'm coming from midtown Omaha. I've been down to this location maybe three times total. I don't think I'm the right guy. And then I, I went to a lunch with him and Nobs, and they're both kind of like, hey, listen, you know, despite my insecurities of leading, you, you can do this, you're, you're right for it. You know, I think somebody who's been through, you know, a lot of the growth in F3, you know, you're the right guy to take this on. And so I kind of went in with a lot of doubt and then left that lunch like, oh, why the hell haven't I done this earlier, right? And so that was kind of the power of those two uh, uh, they're dang good salesmen, um, and they didn't even have to buy me uh, booze for it, which, you know, again, as an Irishman, is almost a prerequisite, but, but no, so that was kind of a cool where I got to move, and then immediately take a shovel flag, I think, uh, a week after I was in the new house, is I was, uh, I hadn't even got most of my stuff out of a box, as I was digging F3 stuff out of a box to go post and uh, take over a shovel flag, so that was, that was a really fun experience and it's been a blast to kind of take a site that was set up really well, uh, done really well, a little unique for the MRF, but had support from a lot of the guys down in Sarpy County already. So all I had to do was like not ruin it and try to get some uh, VQs on the schedule. That's That was really all I had to focus on. Well, that's great. And I think you're also like able to touch on a piece of being able to see the East Omaha or, or you know that Omaha group of original group I should say and then you know transitioning to this RP Swagger what what was that like? Um, yeah I, I missed the uh, the panting and the cursing from slow pitch during the Monday Murphs for sure that was a big transition because normally it's like all right hey listen if I want to run really slow during this part I could always count on slow pitch to just be running he'd just hang out with me uh but but no it was, i think it was intimidating it was like oh my god these guys are actually these guys are runners that was my first take i was like why is why is everybody sprinting down this hill i was like oh dang that's their running pace like this is going to be terrible for me nobody's going to hang back um but it, it was so it was kind of uh, a little bit of that uh coming into a brotherhood almost like i experienced when i first posted i was like man i gotta do I got to prove myself? Are they just going to let me do this? And luckily, everybody down there, 
you know, I'd been down a couple times, so I got, you know, I knew, a, you know, a bunch of the guys already, but they kind of just came in and like, all right, great. What, do you need me to queue? Why don't you put me on the schedule? And so it was just, I mean, acceptance right away. Thank goodness. Cause uh, they, they, they could have been, uh, a, they could have inundated me and been a little meaner if they wanted to just, just for fun. But uh, no, they, they just, they were great and welcomed me right in. And it's been a blast to kind of see F3 Omaha grow and then watch a lot of these locations pop up and how quickly they've been supported. And now you're looking at, oh my gosh, we've got to have a couple other sites here as we're heading into the spring. So it's been kind of fun to go through almost these growing pains a couple of times. It's, it's been fun to watch. Uh, that's something that, you know, I think in um, F3 Omaha, we experienced a few years ago, right? Where you, you're working out uh, six days a week with, with all the same guys and then you have some growth and now you're like, I, I don't see wait time very much. Um, I, used to, I used to see them every day. So as SARP goes through adding more sites on, on same days, that will be uh, something you can help those guys with for sure. I, I do think, you know, the other thing that um, kind of occurred during your leadership uh, at Titan Alley was the addition of a, of a non-MRF um, site just right across the, the street. And now we're now those two sites launch uh, the workouts at the same time. So just curious, how, how has that partnership been with, with Grease Fire and just trying to kind of, um, you know, help empower guys to go to whichever workout, you know, they're um, going for? I think that's the beauty of, you know, again, I think there's a little bit of the stigma of runners down in Sarpy. And I, I think having sites that aren't MRFs where it's at the, you know, and the Titan Alley MRF isn't anything to blink at. I mean, if you do the Smurf, you're sprinting up a hill, you know, several times. And it's not, especially if you're trying to keep up with the Swiper, now Farmer, some of these guys, right? So um, it's been, one, working with Grease Fires, he's like the nicest dude in the entire world. He's so great and he's pretty laid back, but I think the, the options to give people, let them kind of pick how they want to work out has been really great because there's guys who will only do Stonebreaker. There's guys who are always doing the Murph. Uh, some will do the Smurf and then they pick and choose depending on how they're feeling. And so giving people options, allowing them to pick what they want to do and whatever they're ready for, and let, you know, during that first F portion, has been awesome, um, but it also took a little pressure off. I think the, you know, the MRF was going growing really quickly, but I do feel like there was some opportunities where folks who didn't have the confidence to do a MRF, we've slowly got them over to Titan Alley because they've been posting so regularly, starting with Stormbreaker. And so um, I, it's been great. And then to be able to do shared cafeteria, we, whether I uh, had been bringing it, and then when the weather turned cold, we started going over to come and go. But a shared cafeteria just means more people, more opportunities for that second half. So it's been, man, it's been such a good thing, I think, for Sarpy County and F3 Omaha in general. One of the questions I have is, is kind of how that progression from like you come in, you start experiencing the, you know, what F3 is, then you lead your first workout and you gain some confidence and some leadership skill. And then you, and then you continue to do that and then you become a PsyQ and now you're, you're giving other guys the opportunity to build that confidence. Did you see any impact on, you know, maybe other leadership areas in, in either work or with your family or did, did that, uh, how did that work for you? Yeah, I, I think it's helped me focus on becoming a better listener, uh, mainly because there's a lot of times where, one, I can't talk if I'm trying to run with the plague 
Um, and so I'm going to ask one question and then try to shut up for 30 minutes while I finish a, a 5K. And then, uh, but I mean, in all honesty, I think listening, whether it's home, um, yeah, you know, so, I, you know, I'm a, you know, I have some supervisor roles here uh, at work and just the ability to try to listen or try to start from a place of I'm going to try to understand you and where you're at before I'm even going to try to pick where I want you to go you know so starting almost from more of that grassroots and from the beginning has been something that that it's helped that F3 definitely helped me be more prepared to do and actually look for as opposed to like stumble upon it or on my own or fail a couple times is set me up for success long before I had to fail at it really good insight. I, I'm, that's a forever journey for me, uh, listening for understanding and trying to listen before I think about what I'm going to say next. Um, I honestly was worried about jumping on today. I was like, man, I'm going to have to to listen to the plague. And normally, <laughs> honestly, God, I think there's one time you had us do a pre-run and we ran it in like a 720 mile. And that's the fastest I've ever ran at all. And by the end of it, I realized you had tried to ask me two questions. I never answered. I think I asked you one question, and I think you finally realized, like, oh, man, this guy's struggling today. I better just carry it. And you talked the whole time, and I didn't listen to one damn word you said. And by the time they're like, what did, what did you and Plague talk about? I, go, I, didn't, I didn't listen at all. I just like because I couldn't I could, I had nothing I had no value that morning at all like we were done so quick we beat the queue that day at the woodshed like we were there done way too fast and so yeah that's just uh, one instance where I'm like yeah I, I need to do better at listening and the pony and plague hopefully I don't uh, expose myself today say I'm working on being a good listener and then can't do it well, see, now you're just making up stories. I don't believe that actually happened. I don't know. No, nobody's ever told me that, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll ask Slow Pitch. I'm sure. <laughs> I know he was there that day because he asked me why the hell we were running so fast. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I do think um, something else we want to get your thoughts on, and we're, we're, we haven't, but we probably should start writing some of these down. But just um, and tell us, you know, your thoughts because the, the scenario – you know, with the MRF and the non-MRF, um, you mentioned it's brought in some new guys. And what's what sort of advice for that new guy or for the packs that are there when the new guy shows up? Um, what are some things that, that you've seen us do that have been effective that we should keep doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it comes back to all the different opportunities, you know, not being pigeonholed. Uh, you know, Duracell talked about this today at the steel mill, but, you know, not pigeonholing us as a workout group. Um, and even more so, we're not just a running group. We're not a weightlifting group. We're not a, you know, there's the opportunity for you to pick where you fall into F3. You know, there's three Fs and there are variations of all of them. You know, are you, do you like to go out to have a beer? Great. We've got happy hours. Do you, you know, lunch or cafeteria, is that your second F? Perfect. You know, do you lift? Do you run? Whatever you have, there's a there's a place that you will fit in. You will fall in love with it, but you got to just start. And the only way you do it is you go and you know. For me, it's like look, go to the sandlot and realize how bad you are at running. To realize that no, I, I like the steel mill a whole lot better, right? And so it, the ability to kind of pick your journey and pick the level of involvement you have. I think that's where the power is because my guess is 
because what I get today out of F3 isn't what Pony is going to get today or the plague is going to get. There's some different thing that you needed today that I didn't or I needed something you didn't. So pick your own journey and uh, kind of stick with it and just figure that out. Find your sweet spot and enjoy it. I love that, man. You know, just mentioning the flexibility and, you know, coming and going as you please. I mean, you're still welcome back as, as if you never left, right? I mean, that's the power of the group. You know, I think Selleck talked about it in his podcast. He's like a one-time-a-month guy. and But when he comes, everyone, hey, it's Selleck. It's like he never left. And I like what you're saying about flexibility. You're right, because people are coming at different stages of life. We don't know what they need that time. Some guys could be coming three days a week because they really need the fellowship. Some guys could be 200 pounds at 5'5 five five and, and need to lose some weight. But, uh, no, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Hey, it's 5'8", oh, you know, Respect the height, guy. It ain't 5'5". Five five. Five eight, maybe with maybe with basketball shoes on, but <laughs> I, I have started wearing heels. Those are, those are like those high school metrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, I know uh, you're expecting the birth of your your next child, and we'll certainly be thinking about you and praying for you. Um, is there anything else that you're going through, or, or anything that you know we should be thinking about, or if we see you, or any words of encouragement we should be sending your way? No, I think that's it. I mean, I think I'm going to go through a different journey here of, you know, speaking of what F3, the flexibility of it, you know, it might be more second F stuff. It might be just popping in for cafeteria on my way to work or, uh, you know, stopping in, trying to get more lunches or a happy hour on my way home from work as opposed to, you know, you know, four or five days a week kind of deal. And so, you know, as I go through the journey, I think that's it, right, is, you know, just support prayers is one for myself, them. Uh, the, the newborn and and then yeah for uh, whenever you do get uh, whenever you do see me out just know that hey man I'm probably already exhausted before I showed up that's that's phenomenal and you you will be I everybody told me before baby number two that it's different it's going to change things and I was kind of like I got this and it, it, it has changed uh, you know quite a bit so I, I'll be praying for you man I think um yeah, and when you do make it out, um, I'll try to slow down. I guess is the other message I'm hearing is you know. Hey, hey, don't don't change, don't change for me, man. You're too far gone, dude. You only you don't even know I'm free running half the time. I'm so far oh. behind. <laughs> Whatever. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on listening too. That's gonna be my goal. Well, this has sure been great, Lucky, and um, yeah, I think just you know I, I would just uh, tell you don't hesitate to to reach out if you do need anything. Um, I know you know that, but just to reiterate that, and then you know, hopefully these guys are listening, right? I think um, you shared a lot of things that are are identifiable and just that that relate um, to a lot of us. So I appreciate you um, you know sharing a little bit of yourself and your story. So if somebody sees you out there, um, I do want to give you a chance to to give us your Irish accent uh so let's uh let's take us out with a little neighborama um i'll start us off here grand flaherty 36 the plague the plague plague john whitworth 30 pony express pony <laughs> oh there you go patrick burke 36 lucky charms oh there it was <laughs> oh, that was good man. that was really good i appreciate it